Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episode 24 of season 4, Notorious B.I.G., and episode 20 of Tiger Mask W. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, when I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. 50 inch screen, money green, leather sofa, got two rides, a limousine with a chauffeur. Phone bill about 2G flat. No need to worry, my accountant handles that. And my whole crew is lounging, celebrating every day, no more public housing. Thinking back on my one room shack, now my mom pimps a act with minks on her back. And she loves to show me off, of course. Smiles every time my face is up in the source. We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us, no heat. Wonder why Christmas missed us. Birthdays was the worst days, now we sip champagne when we thirsty. Larry Davis are putting out a new jokester movie. Oh, good. I love the jokester. Yeah, starring everybody's favorite funny man, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep, that's how you say it. <laughs> Look, jo- I've never made any jo- promises Queen. on this show that I'm going to pronounce anything correctly. Yeah. Uh, we both watched that trailer right before sitting down to record this podcast. I was standing up for it, at least. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, you have to show it its respect. <laughs> Hand over your heart, right. watching the Joker trailer. Stone Cold Silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that thing looks interesting. Yeah. Who knows if it'll be good, but I yes. like what they're doing with it. It's weird that I'm actually like excited and planning to go see a Batman movie for the first time since fucking 08. Yeah. I mean, okay. You remember how Gotham, like the whole like the premise of that was what if this was real and then it's like that kind of went out the window i like, couldn't even make it through that good on jokester for making good on that promise every it's... time someone brings up gotham i just think of the balloon man episode yeah <laughs> the classic batman villain balloon man oh god damn uh yeah no speaking of the joker there was a i think actually you linked that to me where they Uh they are finally leaning into the joker in gotham and he looks bad (laughs) yeah i'll give the actor i i want to give the actor credit though for definitely trying to do a jack nicholson joker sure i I like Like that yeah I also hate that that trailer is cut with that thwum sound like 13 times and it's like probably 40 seconds long. That's what the show's like. Like from what I've seen, it does that all the time. Uh, You linked me that clip of like it's Bruce's first time out in the city, like running (laughs) on rooftops and stuff. And just the way that thing is shot is offensive to me. Yes, it's terrible. Yeah, it's like all these like really tight shots that are just very poorly framed and disconcerting. Like it it looks it looks like when someone uploads a clip to YouTube and they need to circumvent the content ID recognition algorithm and so they like zoom in really oh, really really close. I think that actually is what was happening in that video that you saw though. Oh, okay. Cuz I remember you telling me like this is how it appears on TV. Mm. I mean, it is definitely shot too close, even in okay. the regular version. But I, I think at the end, it, now. It, it's sort of like it doesn't matter. The show's bad regardless, and uh, yeah. the the Bruce still looks like he's like fourteen. 
Yeah, uh, there was, I think, another, like, teaser shot. I don't know if it was actually real, because now I question everything, because he told me that was real, and apparently he lied to me about that. But, like, a teaser shot of the back <laughs> no, of, like, Batman's you were saying, head like, with, is like, this the actually, cowl and everything. When you said, I think it was when you said, is this actually what it looks like? I thought you meant, like, his suit and everything else about that, that just looks... Gotham looks like a fan film, and not a good one, either. Like, everything well, about it. The showrunner is the dude who's responsible for the first Judge Dredd movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just up front, like, the fact that they let him within any, like, the vicinity of any comic book property is amazing to me. Well, Gotham's almost over, but uh, good news, because the same folks are doing Pennyworth. No! Yeah, over on Epics. Oh, well, at least nobody will watch it. Yep. Yeah, there was a teaser shot of, like, the back of Batman's cow for Gotham, so, like, I think they're they're actually going to do it. They're yep. going to put that child in the Batman costume, and I can't wait to see that. Uh, actually, I think it's a different guy in the Batman costume, and the oh, kid is, no. like, doing the voice. <laughs> which is going to be maybe even better. Yeah, that's actually, I had this moment where I was just like, that's not fair. You don't make a show for that long and you don't actually put the little boy in the Batman costume, but grown man Batman with little boy voice like this is the fucking Japanese voice actor for Goku. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sign me up. Finally start watching Gotham again. Oh, boy. How crazy is that? Nothing could make me watch Gotham. Not even that. <laughs> TV remote in one hand and a shotgun in my mouth. Let's do this. Literally, the most I have ever seen of Gotham was that ending part with them jumping across the rooftop. That was just because that was something my DVR picked up before whatever was on after it. And, like, I turned on the recording, uh, and that was there, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, I remember trying to watch, like, I think a couple episodes of season one, and... Like, the Balloon Man episode is the one that broke me in particular. I don't even remember the other one I watched. It was, like, super boring, honestly. Well, time to add Gotham to anime roulette. See what oh, we get. No. Actually, <laughs> there's part of me that's like, that might not be a bad idea. Well, we missed because April it's so, first. Yeah, it's, it's so off-base from what Batman actually is that it would be weird stepping into the middle of its own bizarre universe, like... I know very vaguely that they do something different with Barbara, where she's, like, Harley Quinn in this or something like that. What? Yeah, like, Gordon's wife, Barbara, gets corrupted by the Joker or something like that. I have no idea. Oh, like, does she get corrupted by Joker when the Joker just is, like, just now showing up? Because the Joker has been, like, a different guy who works at the circus and is still totally, absolutely the Joker, except he just hasn't been pushed into the vat of chemicals yet. <sighs> All right. Is is my understanding of that that he's still totally the Joker? He's always been the Joker. Like at this point, it's just a formality. In the same way that putting the boy in the Batman suit at this point is just a formality. Like they really fucked up with that thing by just basically just started as Gotham Central, and then they I guess hit a point where they're like, oh shit, we can't do a Batman show without having Batman, but our Batman's a boy, so we gotta have boy Batman. No, oh no, this that, boy like, needs to grow up a little bit. Just put all the villains in, all of them, every single one. They did that at the beginning, though. 
like when it was announced that was basically it it was like oh well all they have to do is just copy gotham central and hey you'll have a good show and then like immediately it was like oh by the way baby bruce is gonna be in this and then like three episodes in oh hey look it's the penguin he's also here so yeah also poison ivy who i think is supposed isn't she supposed to be like the same age as the rest of them but looks like 35 something like that yeah I mean, it's even just, like, a major part of Batman is that the villains in Batman are very much a reflection of Batman himself. So having this number of them being fully formed before Batman is just a very, like, fundamental misunderstanding about the way that series works. Which, like, is... So going back to Joker, like, that's also very fundamentally different from anything that's really established about the Joker but it's at least going for it in a way that seems like it might be interesting and good. Whereas I mean, Gotham could do something interesting with its premise. It just fucking stinks. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the Joker movie is it's basically not a Batman movie or not even really the Joker as he is in the comics. It's just like, Oh, here's a guy who kind of goes crazy and puts on clown makeup. And you know what? That's probably the right way to go. Yeah. Instead of, okay, what if we did Ledger's Joker but methed him out real bad this time? Yeah. Anyway, we watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle, Joker enthusiast. That's right. I dress up as a clown every single day. Yeah. It's a sex thing. Just so we're clear. Clown from the neck down? (laughs) That's right, baby. I got a real big circus tent, if you know what I mean. Oh, enter the big top. <laughs> well, I don't swing that way. Yeah, the dark carnival. Okay, uh, we're here. Yeah, I like with... to go all the way. Shut up. We're here with episode twenty-four, the notorious chase. Yeah, there's a. I guess we'll get to it a little bit later. Uh, this is another. Part 5 has fallen into a real pattern. Again, we've mentioned this where, like, the first half of an arc is not that good, but the second part usually is. Thing is, though, I felt this episode was perfectly adequate. Like, it wasn't like the last first part where it was just like, oh, they're just repeating the yeah. same thing over and over. Here, at least, a bunch of different stuff happens. Yes. So, so there is a very noticeable lull in the action, probably about halfway through this episode. That feels like maybe they stretched it out a bit longer than it would have been in the comic. But yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as the last one where everyone's just repeating the same information. But we get like the parts you can compare to snakes on a plane. So there's that. <laughs> I mentioned on this podcast yet the dead baby. Yes. I'm pretty sure I have. Okay. I jump at any opportunity to talk about the dead baby on snakes on a plane. I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, so they're all going to take an airplane, which is going to be perfectly safe because Joseph Joestar is not with them. Yeah. Did you want an applause break there or what? <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump in with something, but. <laughs> Why? It's not. It's just yeah. No, let me just. We've already. Let me continue done... run down this episode. All right. Well, we did that last episode. Dude. We were like, oh, they're getting on a plane. At least Joseph's yeah. not gonna be there. So, congratulations on doing it again. Yeah. Well, you know, this episode doesn't give me much to talk about. <laughs> 
There's a weird man who gets shot on a runway. Yeah, I wish I saw more of this guy. Because he looks disgusting. Yeah. Love it. Like, what was that guy's... I'm already blanking on it. The one with the, the stand that's Beach Boy. Oh, uh, Pesci. Pesci, yeah. Like, that dude looks like a living carrot. Yeah. Like, someone had a cursed garden and they just pulled Pesci out of the ground. Oh. Or it's like, now I gotta raise this carrot as my son. Pick a peck of fresh Pesci's, right? Yeah. I don't know what this dude looks like. His body is... Oh, God, it's like he's melting. Yeah. yeah. Like, into himself. Like, he has no neck, and his head is just, like, slowly sinking into his torso. He kind of looks like Brock Lesnar if you put him in the microwave for a few seconds. Oh, no. It's like a, a little melty. Yeah. Uh, but before this, actually, uh, was like, checking the plane, and he doesn't detect, like, any life forms on it whatsoever, which is important. Uh-huh. Uh, and Abashio is using uh, Moody Blues to basically fly the plane like Moody Blues has rewound and is uh, in the form of a pilot. Yep, not sure how this works, but okay. Yeah, because I thought Moody Blues can only rewind five minutes. No, it's, I think up to two hours. Because remember, okay. they had the um the guy in the turtle that they rewound way longer than five That's minutes. That's true. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I don't know how it could continually fly the plane. It also kind of just... I don't know, maybe it flew from Sardinia to here, and so something with the way he's playing it back would just sort of play that backwards? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Moody Blues is back and it's doing something, which is, like, more than we've had for a while. So yeah. that's neat, I guess. Yes, also, just, Moody Blues as it. a pilot looks awesome. It does. Reminds me of the autopilot from uh, Airplane. That's the inflatable <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, that works. Also kind of funny that just Abashio points out too, like, oh, we just hit this button, it'll fly on autopilot. We don't even have to do anything. Aren't planes neat? He saw it in a movie. Yeah, I'm going to have my stand do everything anyway, though. <laughs> Rocky, I guess, just thought it would be neat to bring up this thing that he learned about airplanes that he definitely saw in a movie. Hey, yo, Adrian, you heard about an autopilot? Just press the button and the plane will go wherever you want it. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. Uh, so, as all this is going on, the, this, uh... What could only charitably be described as a human being walks up on the group. Uh, Guido does the appropriate thing and just draws a gun on him. Yep. You know, also Guido, um, maybe a bit more charitable than I would be, where he's like, "All right, I'm giving you a warning. Get away!" <laughs> and then shoots him once, and is like, "Okay, I'm still giving you another chance. You can leave." Uh, which. Why he did not just immediately dump into him, I have no idea. Like, if you saw that thing coming at you, you would want to get as many bullets in it as possible. I would scream and start firing, but I would make sure to save one bullet for myself. That's also a good idea. 
In fact, I might just shoot myself immediately. I think that would be such an incomprehensible horror that I would rather not live with the insanity and in my last sane moments, shoot myself in that. The non-Euclidean geometry of Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Or whatever this guy's name is, I don't know, it's never said. <laughs> yeah, it's not really important as it turns out because this guy gets dispatched very quickly because, again, a, a Guido just dumps into him. Also, I think this is like, they mentioned how, okay, nobody would know that they were on this runway, so surely this guy must be a stand user. But I like to think that this is the first time that they've looked at another human being in the series and have correctly identified, this is definitely a stand user. I mean, look at him, guys, come on. Yeah. Because, boy. <laughs> you don't just look like that without having a weird ghost monster attached to you. <laughs> That's right. Uh... So yeah, they, they shoot him dead, Jorno goes over and inspects the body, checks it for life, it's definitely dead, everything's fine, they get on the plane, seriously, everything is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, until Jorno starts hearing something moving around inside of like, a, I think it's like a mini fridge? Yep, freezer. Yeah. And so he starts acting like real paranoid and tells Guido to like pull his gun and like help him check out this fridge, uh, which Guido thinks is weird, but... So this is where it kind of sways in the opposite direction, where it's like, really, at this point, though, would you seriously question that? Yeah. Well, Your friend had a tongue tumor in the last episode. You're already fighting with ghosts. You shot this monstrosity on the runway. Like, if one of your teammates is worried about something on the plane, you're going to question it? Well, to be fair, though, Jorno himself had checked it and was like, nope, nothing here. And then also, once he does open the freezer here, Giorno at first is just like, oh, good, nothing, it's just ice. And it's Guido who's like, oh, by the way, there are also fingers in here. Yeah, or as he misidentifies them, like, chicken wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Uh, and then there's, like, this weird bit where he only sees, I think, like, three of the fingers and then suddenly another one appears yeah it's a good bit because uh, it turns like, out weren't, they weren't there three yeah. here before and jordan was like i don't know i never learned how to count i didn't go to school i didn't join the mob so i could count school is for fools look at me Actually, an education is very important, Bucciarati says. So he just pops up from behind a seat. Yeah, Bucciarati's a narc. Yeah, he's also a zombie, so... Yeah. You know. Which Trish seems uh, to be uh, figuring out. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit, and I don't remember exactly where it falls in this episode, but she sees, like, a gash on his leg, and now she's like, oh, that's weird that he's not, like, bleeding much at all. Yeah, I think that's right Even though this part. Even though this is like a gash that should go all the way down to the bone. Yeah. It's really deep. Uh, but yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what goes down here. If it was like... I think it's just that it appears on his arm, right? Because he had touched uh, Notorious Big's user. He sits down and sees the writing on the side of the plane. All right. So this is where we get... I don't... None of this was, like, translated. Like, he mentions no, some of it and just goes like, oh, I also want a pizza and stuff like that, but I don't think it actually had, like, subtitles. It didn't. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious to tell what it is. It's basically a bunch of stuff saying, like, um, 
you'll die in uh, Sardinia and stuff like that, and then at the end it finally mentions Giorno Giovanna. Mm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it, the, like here uh, something it, um, dying, something uh, the enemy stands name is oh yeah, and then notorious chase. And I wonder if yeah, they change so that, this in all versions or if it's just like the international version. I'm not sure, but I I liked this because it is another example of you see the changed version of the stand name, but they are very much pronouncing it the way it's meant to be. Yeah, but usually... Like it's just when, written up there and he says big. Yeah, but usually it still has the actual name written, like with Surface yeah, and other great. stuff. So this, I think, is the first time they've actually changed it being written like in the show itself rather than the subtitles. And I kind of wonder why. I wonder if it's just that it's so much attention is drawn to it, or if it's maybe that someone at some point realized, oh, we've not been editing this and we really need to. I think it's probably more that, because like Surface, again, like had that like big title card for him, and that mm -hmm. wasn't changed, so... What was the other one? Wasn't it like Sex Pistols actually had its name on the screen? No, I don't think so. Because I kind of wonder, like, something like Surface is still... That's just a word, but something like Notorious Big is, like, very much synonymous with just one person. Yeah, but they did change Surface's name in the subtitles. They did, but I almost wonder if just seeing it written, maybe if they're kind of playing by a different standard with other or something. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in the heads of the people who are specifically responsible for renaming the stands. Because uh, we got Zipper Man in like the first episode of the series, and boy. And we've got Spicy Lady coming up. Oh, God. Uh, but I do think this was probably edited because it scrolls across Notorious and then it just like cuts to Chase. Yeah. It's like sort of wobbling around, so. I think yeah, it's probably supposed to be a continuous scroll. Yeah. Ah, yeah, well. Tori's chase. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so I think this is where he then starts to notice, like, the growth on his arm, right? Yeah, because it's holding the pen. It's been writing all this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I, I'm guessing what the stand does is it basically latches on like a tumor and it starts eating away at whatever it's attached to. Yep. Yeah, it grabbed on to Jorno whenever he touched the weirdo to see if he was still alive. Yeah. And so I don't think it's quite clear on this. Maybe it was, and for whatever reason I just didn't retain it, but I took that as the reason that the fingers were ending up inside of the mini-fridge was because it was... Like, when Giorno touched him, the stand took the fingers, latched onto his arm, and it was now depositing the fingers into the fridge while it was open. I feel like that's maybe giving this too much credit. I think it's more that Araki thought, hey, this would be a creepy thing to put in here. Okay. Because it doesn't seem like that has any relation. Because the other way to read that was they somehow just materialized there, and I'm not sure how they would get on the plane that way. Uh, well, we're dealing with a ghost blob, so who yeah. knows? But to be fair, there's another bit where the blob ends up on the plane that I don't know how it could physically end up on the plane. So I don't think any of this matters. Yeah. I apologize for bringing it up. I think it can just fly. 
know. Uh, so yeah, they they um, God, I'm trying to remember exactly how the sequence of events plays out here. Yeah, he like, oh, that's right, because he wants to like, I think, punch it off or something like that. He wants to like sever the arm, obviously, to get the the growth off. So like, the only way to get his arm off is to have Guido just shoot it clean off of his body. Sure, that's how bullets work. It looks awesome. <laughs> just dump like holes just popping in and then the arm flying off. It's great. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about that too, how we had the uh rat episode where it was like turning people into big jelly blocks of fused organs and stuff. Oh, and how yeah. All of that got censored, and then seeing like this effect, I've seen the uncensored frames from that episode of part four, and it's super gross. Like nails peeled back and everything. Mm-hmm. It's grosser than this, but it's a similar sort of uh, gore, basically. Yeah, like, actually, that was one of the few parts in Part 4 that actually was, like, noticeably censored. And for good reason. Yes. Uh, Maybe the single grossest thing that I think I've seen in all of JoJo's other than ACDC's fingernails peeling back. Sure. Because there was, like, that's in the bit of Part 4 too. like, Jotaro's nails are peeling back, but there's way more of a focus on it with ACDC. Like, that's mm-hmm. his whole thing. Yeah, he's got those tubes. Uh, uh, no. Love a good tube. No. Give me the tubes. Uh, but, but this being very similar, it did make me wonder, because I'm convinced at this point that the reason it's uncensored for us is this is something they're intentionally doing with the international broadcast. Or perhaps just the fact that it's online in general, they don't have to abide by the same censorship rules as broadcast. Yeah, but possibly. It it really does make me wonder how this episode looks on broadcast in Japan, because I imagine a lot of it would have had to have been censored. Yeah, probably. I feel like um, the ones like with stuff that we've mentioned before, like the guys melting from purple haze or the guy being cut into a bunch of pieces like that stuff's probably way worse. Yeah, but I do think like if, if this ROM broadcast in Japan, Giorno's arm being held up, it would just be a black silhouetted arm and then holes pop into it. Probably. Which would look terrible. It it wouldn't look Jotaro smoking terrible, but it would still look pretty bad. <laughs> Jotaro uh, smoking, the it, gold standard for Japanese censorship. Really stuck with me how bad that is. It really was. It's just good God. Because, uh, yeah, say say what you will about the amount of censorship that in that still is in JoJo on broadcast in Japan, at least, like, as of Part 4, they were much better about, like, you know, conforming the the black they were using to cover everything up to at least the frame that it is going on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jordan gets his arm shot off. He's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll grow a new arm. I'm an arm factory. I've been doing nothing but growing hands and arms ever since we started this show." True. Ain't no big deal at this point. Someone getting their arm chopped off in JoJo's Part Five. Whatever. You can either zip it back on or just have Jorno grow you a new one. Remember that That's time right. Jorno was like, oh, by the way, though, I'm not actually healing you, so it's still going to hurt a lot? Doesn't really seem to matter. Nope. Not at all. It's like reading a passage out of... Well, never mind. I can go off on a whole tangent about pla- elemental masters. 
I started reading that again. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. You wouldn't? No. Let's see. Uh, pick a page between 1 and 263. Hmm. I'm trying to remember about where I started at tonight in particular. Uh, page 65? Okay. It's going to get real technical. There's there's one line in particular, a bit of dialogue around that that I really liked. Knuckles says, I'll show you in a bit. A black dot on my mind radar map means someone is pure <laughs> evil. It's worse than red, which is worse than the neutral yellow. You're both yellow-green, which seems to be the norm. <laughs> Knuckles gets the same four marbles, now green again. Ivan touches the marbles, and the same glittering effect occurs. When the glittering fades away, the marbles are put back in his chest. Okay. There's a line a bit afterwards uh, where it's just like, he puts them back in the chest, a lot like how he takes them out, but in reverse. <laughs> you didn't need to write that, dude. Oh yes, the sparkles fade away in one second when the green is gone. When gone, Knuckles puts the marbles back in his chest the same way as taking something out, but in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> that whole chapter is proof positive to me that when writing that book... He basically just did it as a stream of consciousness, and when he realized that he missed a detail instead of basically just erasing everything that he got too ahead of himself on and writing it to be more concise, he would just have the characters break and say, like, oh, I forgot to do this thing. Yes. So there's... Ululilia does not have a backspace key. Yeah. Uh, we could all learn a lot from Ululilia, for better or for worse. Like how to drink all the liquid out of a bottle in one go, because he refuses to take more than one sip on any container. On page 149, Knuckle says, simple machines prone to simple... Okay, well, yeah, again, not much proofreading going on here. Simple well. machines prone to simple status effects. Oh well, I'm Knuckles, Seth King's biggest adversary. Uh, for some context, because I don't know if we brought this up, Ululilia has a video where he explains that he finds it very gross to drink out of any container that has had lips touch it even once. You literally so, just explained this. You just well, said he takes a, he drinks everything in one drink out of a bottle because he can't drink like more. I was than going once. to give it in more like exactly what his phobia is, but also Ululilia has poisoned my mind tonight, so I'm just caught in a loop of re-explaining things because that's all that fucking chapter is. That's all most of the book is. Yeah, that's fair. It's great, but no that that specific chapter is that basically they they understand that there is an enemy out there, so he needs to. Prepare Ivan and two, the, the two human companions, which, by the way, he's totally kidnapped at this point in the story. These children. Yeah. Uh, forcing them into this adventure. And he pulls out basically materia and is like, I put spells into these and basically you can hold on to this materia and you can learn the spells that have transferred to them. There's a totally useless line of dialogue in there where he's just like, you have to hold it for 10 seconds. If you don't, then you lose the spell. The spell is no longer in the orb and I got to waste so much time relearning the spell. Uh, I asked a friend who has completely read the book if that ever comes up again, because like a normal writer, that would be like a thing that's going to come back up later, so the audience needs to know. Never happens. Of course not. It's just like, 
it's just like somewhere in Ulu Lilia's mind, he was just like, oh, well, someone would question this, so I need to cover my ass. Announcer. Shocked. Wait, uh, I should go a bit before this. Knuckles. I don't know, but the pressure inside the glass dome is reaching a breaking point. Shocked. Yikes. Janet's going to blow in four seconds. <laughs> no! Announcer. Shocked. Janet's going to blow? What do you mean? <laughs> Knuckles. Well, it just blew. Three seconds and you'll feel it. <laughs> oh, God. I love uh, this book. In, in that same chapter, so he's teaching these kids these spells, right? And there's... He teaches them... Oh, God, what was it? It, it's some spell that just seems like total bullshit. Like, it's not, it's not really needed, but he teaches it to them, and he's just like, okay, I'm going to send you a mind video with a tutorial on how to glide, because yes. the ultimate goal here is I give you prerequisites, then you'll learn how to glide. And he opens up the video and starts describing, like, the opening portion of it, and then he's just like, oh, I forgot to give you the jump ability, and then closes the video, and we get a whole repeat of the previous thing of learning a skill just for him to open the video back up and then repeat everything Here. at the start of the video. Here's the part you're talking about. Ivan, excited. How do you glide now? Knuckles, chill out already. Boy, Knuckles. I'll give you a demonstration of this using my video projection spell. Knuckles casts Mind Thoughts to Visual. The window has a very pretty scene of old, smoothed-out, ice-free, low mountains. The mountains have a lot of greenery around and are full of colors, and the 8-mile visibility enhances the scene. Knuckles, in the video, is standing on a peak facing toward one 1,000 feet higher, four miles away. What? Okay. A stream 15 feet wide, moving rapidly left to right, is barely visible due to great distance. Next page. Knuckles. How to glide. Half second pause. Lesson 1. When you get in midair... I forgot to give you Jump 20, an ability that allows you to jump almost 15 feet high as you jump 20 miles per hour upwards. The window disappears. <laughs> Knuckles transfers the abilities like before to Ivan and 2, only with 5 sparkles per square foot. <laughs> Knuckles, that ability is easy to use. Just jump. Knuckles casts Mind Thoughts to Visual again, and the window appears in the same position with the exact same scene. Also, here is a, di a diagram on how to glide. That diagram is already in the book, too. Yeah. Like, maybe 30 pages before, we have the same diagram. And then the rest of that chapter is Knuckles explaining very basic concepts about, like, what drag is. Also, the diagram, it should be noted... Is supposed to be color coded to tell you like what elevation certain limbs are at, yeah. except uh, two of them look the same because it's in black and white. Yep, it's all grayscale. That book is really something. A normal writer would have just been like, oh, "Okay, I forgot the detail where they get the other power." They would have erased everything, and then they would have just made it like flow one power into the other. But Ulalilia, no backspace, Ulalilia. Realized he forgot jump and was just like, well, it would be totally natural and fun to read if we just, like, backpedaled here. Well, let's see what Ulalilia has to say about this book. He says, I wanted a story that combined as many of my interests as I could. 
RPGs, science, mysteries, and travel. Ulalilia is interested in travel. He doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I know. It's... <laughs> I, I also wanted it to be reasonably realistic, hence the science fiction aspects. I got the ideas from several sources. My mind game, a video game played in my mind, and the dreams I get while I sleep are my two primary sources. I would say those are the same thing. Maybe that's just me. Imagine Ululilia, like, if you saw the world through his eyes, it would be like being in a debug mode where you just like, got a bunch of hex values running up in the corner and, like, here's what the frame rate is and all this shit. Oh, yeah. He definitely has a frame counter. He's got fraps running in his mind at all times. Yeah. Just all these algorithms. Like, the most boringest Terminator. <laughs> yes. Have you seen This Knuckles? Anyway, Platform Masters, I keep doing that, man. Because he's got the Platform Masters game that he makes, and like the art style of that is identical to the cover of Elemental Masters, and it keeps screwing up my brain. Yeah. Also, just in general, it seems almost as if Platform Masters is probably just an extension of the same universe, the same story. Oh, it definitely is. Um, anyway, JoJo's Bizarre... Actually, one second. What would Ulalilia? Oh God, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> what would Ulalilia's stand be? Oh boy. Well, he doesn't like music, though. That's kind of a problem. Oh God, it is. He only likes oh. like the uh, the BGM from Disgaea or whatever. I think that. Mm, I don't know. I was going to say maybe that's a little too new for him, but then he did have that video that was just like, here's my 600 hours worth of progress in Final Fantasy X. And he, did, he did Disgaea videos, like for a long time. He did? Okay. I do not remember that. Yeah, he got like everyone to level 9999. I think it's probably because out of all the videos of Hula Lily is that I will sit down and watch, somebody playing Disgaea might be the one that sounds the most boring to me. Uh, I don't really watch any of them. I remember Good Time was the one where he was demonstrating how you can repeatedly kill Tails in Sonic Adventure. I tried to look for that video recently and I could not find it, so thank you for sharing the name. Oh no. Maybe I can track that down again. Uh, yeah, uh... I don't know, most of the ones I like to watch are just the ones that are like a peek into his life. Like, the, the weird thing with the way that he consumes liquids that one where he bought that ridiculously large pizza and just spent forever like <laughs> decreasing the thing yeah there's like a 20 minute long video too it's insane yeah but but i do like those like it might sound like i'm giving him shit because i kind of am but ulu lilia is like just genuinely awesome yeah he's great uh he uploaded he like a four hour video of him camping recently i think oh that's neat yeah. I I think he's pretty cool. I think that he does some very interesting things and I think that his brain works in very interesting ways. That's a word for it. Yeah. Anyway, Look, I mean, point is, know, I started reading yeah. that book again. He's and he's, he's he's like a the good version of Chris Chan. Like Chris Chan yeah. is like Bizarro Uli. 
I would say Chris Chan is someone you would suspect would hurt somebody, but that's already happened on multiple occasions now. So, you know. Yeah. Let's see if he pepper sprays anyone else. Look, all I'm going to say is I don't have to worry about Ulalilia getting a taint abscess. Uh, so where are we at in JoJo? Yeah, no, I needed to pull us off of that topic pretty aggressively. <laughs> uh, speaking of taint abscesses, Jordo's arm is looking real fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately for him, his other arm's about to get real fucked up too. Uh, not Neurancia like walks in and has this moment where he's just like, ah, what's going on in here? And Notorious Big starts going for him, uh, which is what... Or no, it starts going for him, and Rancia tries shooting at it, but it latches onto his stand, uh, yeah. which basically takes Narancia out, because it starts feeding on it. And it's also at some point captured uh, most of Sex Pistols, like when it was shooting through Jorno's arm. Yeah, and then, uh, so Guido's uh, also out. Jorno figures out... Or no, they don't figure out yet that it's attracted to movement. Trish figures yeah. that out later. Uh, well, Jorno does too, because Trish starts running to go lock herself in like a closet, and that's when Jorno oh, realizes right. it's, it's attracted to movement. So he starts muda muda mudaing the air to get it to latch on to the one arm he has left. Well, he's muda mudaing and... the window. Oh, he was? Okay. It looked like he was just punching into the air to me. Um... Well, he punches this but, window a lot before it breaks. Uh, he latches it onto his arm, and instead of what seemed to me like the most obvious solution to this, which is, okay, Bucciarati just zipper man this thing out of here. Well, like, he either zipper man off the part of my arm him. that's attached to you, or, like, you attach it to your arm, and then you zipper man off your own arm. Yes, that would which work. Which is like the... Bucciarati even mentions it. Yeah. Instead, Giorno gets the smart idea of busting this window open, slamming his arm down on a jagged piece of glass that's still sticking out of the frame, and then letting the glass and the air pressure basically snap his arm off and thus throw Notorious Big, like, off of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's a good plan. Bucciarati's plan sounded better. Ah, this is an alright plan. Uh, the main yeah, problem being that then if Jorno has no arms left, he can't heal himself. Yep. Uh, there's a whole bit of Bucciarati going like, well, basically I don't think Rancia, Guido, or Jorno are like in the fight anymore. It's just me, a zombie, you, I don't know what your deal is, and fucking abashio yeah where's he at i guess he he has to keep piloting the plane yeah sit just banging on the door going ah keep it down back there also i like how they uh shuts the window by just putting like a serving tray over it yeah there's still like a big hole in the window too yeah cabin pressure who needs it Nah. It's no big deal, really. It's fine. As long as there's just a little hole there, nothing can get out. Man. I hate being on planes so much. I'm terrified of flying. So oh. this whole thing of just, there's a hole in the window, and we're going to cover it with a tray. I'd just be in a corner hyperventilating and having, like, 
a heart attack, basically. Uh, I wish I could fly somewhere. It'd be nice. It's, no, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so you say. It sucks. Well, I mean, if I'm writing a book, the back cover is not saying anything about how I like travel. Because that's just a lie. <laughs> that wasn't the back cover, that was the preface. You no. open the book, Uli's telling you all about it. I'm disappointed that there's not some, like, stereotypical black and white photo of Ulululi in there. That would be really good. About the author? Yeah. It's yeah. him on a beach or something like that. would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, relaxing in a chaise lounge. There's, speaking of being terrified on planes, uh, I rewatched Hook the other night, oh, and no. there's a whole bit where, like, his kid is just throwing a baseball at one of the airplane windows and going, it's double pain, it's fine, and it, it, that, even in a movie, just makes me kind of, like, seize up. Like, I don't handle plane stuff well. Alright. Plane, plane disaster movies are genuinely terrifying to me. Eddie Kim will kill you. Except for snakes let on him. plane, which is just a treat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also sent that to you. I completely forgot there's a whole sequence in that movie where Hook tries to commit suicide. Sure. Wouldn't you, if you were Captain Hook? <laughs> Got your really arm eaten by just, an alligator? I just really love Bob Hoskins asking him how he feels. He just goes, I want to die. <laughs> I remember Hook being really boring. It's actually pretty good. I also remember it not being particularly great. I found it for five bucks. I threw it in over the weekend. I think that thing's way better than I remembered it being. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I saw it like as a child and did not like it. Same. Like the same exact way, but for five bucks, I was just like, fuck it, I want a movie. And just thought it was weird seeing Hook for $5 on a shelf that I could just pick it up and immediately walk out of there with it. I don't think that's I weird at all. I didn't actually pay for it, by the way. I just walked out of there with it. Great. Uh, don't report me. This is weird, though. I'm not a narc. Uh, I thought it was weird how it seems to me like that's one of those movies that people who saw it as a kid really like it. Like The Goonies. If you see that as an adult, it's just like, what is this? No thanks. I have not seen it since I was a kid, so it, I don't, I don't boy, it's rough. Yeah, you know, speaking of hooks, where I'm going with this basically is it'd be great if Jorno just had two hook hands for the rest of the series. Yeah, like the guy in a series of unfortunate events. Keeps punching things with gold experiences stubs and then just having a really sad moment when he remembers his poor decisions. It's mm. bringing him along out of pity. Uh, but his hand is, or well, his whole arm really is airborne now, notorious big is out of there. Uh, except he's not actually, because since he flew out of the window, the thing that is moving the most now is the plane. So somehow it's able to just fly back up through the air and get back on the plane. Trish has a really good uh, Twilight Zone something on the wing moment here, too. Yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, I think Bucciarati takes everybody up to the uh, cockpit. Hey, you know There's... why it's called a cockpit, right? Hey! <laughs> why? <laughs> cockpit. Oh, God, speaking of fears I have... Oh, man, no. What? I read Uzumaki. 
Oh, the yeah. whole two chapter thing about the pregnant women and the babies in that thing. Okay. I forget that you don't remember much of that. So nope, I don't. God. Good talk. <laughs> yes, uh, pregnant women in the hospital that one of the main characters is forced to stay at because they got hurt in a previous chapter. Uh, basically, they're like mosquitoes. They feast on blood. They do this by using hand cranks and drilling into people at night and sucking their blood. And then the babies that have feasted on blood are going to get born. And what we get is these babies with really swollen bellies. And we find out later is because their umbilical cord is intact and is turned into a giant mushroom, basically. And also the babies can talk and the babies want to go back in the womb. So the doctor who is feasting on umbilical cord mushrooms sews one of the babies back into its mother. How did you manage it's to read this? so gross. Like, this seems like something you would have looked at and immediately shut the book and, like, thrown it into a fireplace. I so fucking wanted to, man. Junji Ito is already, like, maybe the only comic artist that can actually draw things that unnerves me, so the fact that he did, like, a whole two-chapter thing on just babies exclusively... Ah. Uh, okay. Nothing he's done has ever... Like, I haven't found it unnerving at all. I just look at it, it's like, that's cool. It's it's also very cool, but there is something specifically about his art style that, for me, actually manages to make me feel kind of uneasy. And I think it's just, like, how ludicrous some of the stuff is that he draws, and the detail that he puts into it just sort of gels together in a way that actually kind of freaks me out. Okay. I like it. Uh, but yeah, so Trish... <laughs> Trying to finish this fucking episode. Trish is uh, about to get attacked by uh, Notorious Big 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 Guy. Notorious Big. Notorious Chase. And not B.I.G., which is weird. I know. I, yeah. I always bounce back and forth. Uh, This is, like, I think the first time we actually see what the stand itself looks like. Like, it forms into an actual, like, character. Uh, And she then realizes it. Like, on the runway. Oh, yeah, like, very briefly when he's getting shot to hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she now realizes that it's based on movement, because uh, she tries to go back to the closet again and kind of realizes how it's following her. Um, and that's basically the... Oh, no, she she also realizes Jorno's hand is on the plane again, uh, I think because it had to bring it back in with it. Because it was still attached. What? So this is what I couldn't figure out if it was the hand that Guido shot off or if it was the hand that went out the window. It's neither. It's one he made with the ladybug. Oh, right. I totally forgot about that. That's still then... What happened to the hand that got shot off then? It's gone. Did they also just throw that off of the plane? Yeah, probably. This one was just one that... Uh, Giorno like started turning into a hand before the other one left because he knew he was going to need it later on basically I totally forgot about that because in my mind it was that since it was still attached to his arm it just went back to the plane with the arm in tow nope which would also work but then it would be more coincidental instead of hey our main character had a good idea for his shitty plan (laughs) I mean, Trish also, like, looks at the ladybug and sees it moving, and then fingers come out of it, so I'm not sure how you <laughs> misinterpreted I, it's, this. It's, it's actually been a while since I watched the episode. So. Well, that's your fault. 
I thought we were recording this much earlier in the week than we ended up doing. Well, that's your fault. Uh, hey, I watched all the Tiger Mask like right before doing this. So yeah, please there's that. Um, but yeah, the episode ends there. That basically the the stakes are that she needs to protect the hand in order for Jorno to get his abilities back. But how does she deal with Notorious be big? Mm-hmm. Notorious Chase. Yeah. Uh, maybe she gets a stand or something. I don't know. Yep, she does, considering the next episode is Spice Girl, which is her stand. Or Spicy Lady. In her version. Yeah. Manga anime differences. A scene of Team Bucciarati confronting two guards has been cut. So I guess that's when they uh, somehow get to the plane. A short scene of Giorno and Mista rushing to board the plane has been cut. Scene of the team easing up as the plane reaches a high altitude's been cut. A scene of the team searching the plane for an enemy after finding the fingers was cut. Hmm. Uh, something I didn't notice on the trivia section. Yep, I know. Uh, I was going to get to that. Well, too bad. I'm reading it. Fine. Well, the Japanese broadcast includes included subtitles translating the Italian writing along the wall, the text was left untranslated for the international cut. Oh. I thought you were going to start with the thing above that, which mentions that uh, no, it, the Notorious yeah. Chase thing is only in our version. Yeah, well, I mean, it confirms basically what we were talking about, how that wasn't edited. But I mean, it is a pretty the obvious Italian, cut. yes, yeah. But, like, cutting out the subtitles for the Italian thing is actually kind of weird. Look, if you have any basic knowledge of language, you can tell what I they don't. say. I <laughs> don't! Are you fucking kidding me? Apparently, How many episodes have we gotten into this? I'm still saying gabagoo. Well, yeah. But look, you look like, at... are you fucking stupid? I don't understand any Italian. You look at those, at the writing, and it's like saying morte everywhere, and it's like, oh, well, that's not good. Morte means I thought death. they were referencing the hit cartoon Rick and Morte. Shut up. Sue me. Now it's time for Roulette. Every time I look into your eyes, it's Roulette, it's Roulette, it's Roulette. Every time I connect all your wires, disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. It's Roulette, it's Roulette, it's Roulette. Well, you got a problem with Tiger Mask? I just think it's upsetting how Tiger Mask doesn't have good health insurance. <laughs> yes, this is very timely. You know, Tiger Dark tried to unionize the wrestlers, but uh, Tiger Mask read it on him to Vince McMahon. Uh, what was the name of the, the devil character in this? Uh, Red Death Mask? Yeah, I thought it was upsetting how John Oliver said Red Death Mask looks like he's a pedophile out on a jog. Yeah. Very timely, this episode. Oh boy. Yeah, so WrestleMania, as of this recording, is uh, how many days from now? It's like, this weekend, know. right? Probably. Okay. I couldn't remember if it's already happened or not, because I don't care about wrestling all that uh, much. It hasn't happened yet i don't think also i don't really care yeah 
I should clarify, I don't care about, like, modern wrestling. I liked the, like, Attitude Era stuff. Was Man, great. I turned on SmackDown, and Randy Orton was there. And I was like, oh, Randy Orton's back. I don't know how long he's been back. I don't know if this is a new thing or if he's been back for a couple of years, but it's been a long time since I've seen Randy Orton. Apparently him versus AJ Styles is going to be an event at WrestleMania uh, to see who can be the bigger homophobe, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Randy Orton's got that by a mile. Uh, you apparently have not heard some clips from AJ Styles. I haven't, actually, so I don't know. Well, he's got got a lot of things to say. There's a famous interview where uh, it was on radio or something, and they were taking callers. One caller calls in and says something like, uh, AJ, what do you think of the amount of fans you have in the gay community? And AJ says, the gay community? <laughs> he's like, shut this off, get this guy out of here. <laughs> Uh, we'll go to Phil in Arizona. Phil, what's going uh, on? This is Johnny. Okay, go ahead, Johnny. Uh, how you doing tonight, Dave? It's Brian, AJ, everybody. <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, just had a question for AJ. I was just wondering how you feel about your large following in the gay community. Oh, the gay community? That's just yeah, because I think it's mainly attributed to your looks. Oh, God. Get, oh, man. get rid of them. Well. Oh, God. Just Okay, let's go to Phil in Arizona. Oh, man. Great. AJ's I'm just, got like a, look, AJ is a southern man and take that as you will <laughs> I think I'm taking it the uh, way you're intending me to take it yeah Tiger Mask is uh, I was expecting something different from this I think like in terms of animation quality How's the animation's that? not that bad yeah I mean, this is a pretty recent Actually, show yeah I don't know, I was expecting this to feel more like, uh... I think there's a specific reason that I was maybe expecting something like this, or more the reason the animation kind of stood out to me. I think this is the same production company that did the Brawly movie. Like, the animation style was very, very similar. Hmm. And what I tend to expect out of a lot of modern, like, kind of fighting anime is animation closer to Dragon Ball Super, where it is... Very obviously, this was just done quickly on a bunch of computers, and it lacks a lot of detail and depth. Uh, I do like how it's hard to describe, but the lines on the characters have a specific look to them. Like, it, yeah, I would say clean, but it's not really like it. Still, actually, looks hand drawn in a way. Yeah, which is increasingly rare. Yes, that's so. That is the style of that Brawly movie. Where the there's this feeling that it is hand-drawn, even though it's most definitely not. Uh, I have nothing to substantiate that it's actually the same company. I did not bother to research that whatsoever, because uh, I immediately had to go do other stuff. Um, but it looks very similar to me. Yeah, I like this. Even though this episode of Tiger Mask W contains no Tiger Mask. Well, there's the one... We do have That's, a guy in a tiger mask, but yes, he's not the tiger mask. Exactly. That is Tiger Dark, apparently. And also, Red Tiger shows up. It turns out, Red Tiger was in this episode the whole time in an M. Night Shyamalan twist. We only oh. find out at the end that he is Red Tiger. There's, I think, like three tigers? Yeah. I right? think it, yeah. From what tiger I saw. Tiger Dark. Yes. 
Yeah, who's right. like a tiger that's in a business suit. He's like like a member of uh, the corporation. Sure. He's the bad tiger. Exactly. Uh, and then you got the tag team, which is a um, J- Japanese name. I'm, I'm completely blanking Ta- on what Takuma? it was. Takuma? Yeah. And, and then Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> like, I like this bit at the beginning where they're just like... Uh, Oh, it's like Black Crimson Heart and Billy the Kidman. Yes, and... Billy the Kidman is my favorite. Yeah. They're, they're listing off all these crazy, like, kind of wrestler names, and the last one was just Kevin. Yep. It's just Kevin. Hey, it's Kev. And he's just the most generic-looking white guy in this whole thing. Like, yeah. there's no distinctive qualities about him. Until later when you realize he's the tiger mask, and so what's distinctive about him is the whole tiger mask thing, which is just no, stripped away in this Kevin, Kevin isn't tiger mask. Wait, he's not? Who's tiger mask, then? I'm so I think confused. The, I think the guy in the hospital is tiger mask. If not, then oh, anim- he does not appear in this episode. Anime roulette done got me again. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Actually, no, I don't think the guy in the hospital is Tiger Mask, because he doesn't look like the one shown uh, in the end credits. I thought it was that the tag team, each one of them wore a different Tiger Mask, and that they had a Tiger tag team. No, the end credit shows the guy who wears Tiger Mask, and he has, like, uh, brown hair and, like, sideburns. Okay. I don't know them. Kevin's just Kevin the... Yeah, I think Kevin's just, like, their bro. <laughs> Kevin's the Amcha of this thing? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Kevin looks like um Terry Man from Ultimate Muscle. Hey, look, we all have a Kevin in our lives. Yeah, my Kevin uh, stole my copy of Tomba about uh, 20 years ago. You know, if he killed him, not a court in the land would convict you. It's probably true. Just saying it. I'm going to keep saying it every time we bring him up. It's not a bad idea. I need you to kill, Larry. Kill. Kill. Yes, yes, I will kill. Yes, I will. Ah, Thanks, George George Turturro. This episode by John Leguizamo. (laughs) John Turturro, please. Eh, close enough. No, it's not. He's a John. Some sort. Uh, yeah, so we, we open this thing, uh, okay, Hell in a Cell, right? That's, <laughs> that's right. That's crazy. Yep, mankind's at the top magic. of this mountain. Yes, dude almost died. What, what, what if it was hell in a hole? Oh, now you're talking. What if the hole was like literal hell? I mean, it's kind of like, uh, the Undertaker buried alive matches, right? Yeah, no, except like actually underground i think apparently so uh yeah this is like a weird okay a hundred wrestlers drop onto an island yes here we go with me okay because this is actually like that's the setup that they have for this is it's a battle royale but in like this wasteland and like the goal is they need to get up to this uh fancy house where a bunch of rich people wearing masks or whatever are watching this whole hell in the hole event they're not even wearing Um, masks they're just like in formal attire okay for some reason i thought like it just in my mind made sense that they had this little like opera mask things on during this whole affair right you're just thinking it should be an eyes wide shut situation yes 
I mean, this house has a very eyes wide shut vibe to it, okay? Well, yeah, and it's all being hosted by, like, a zombie butler, apparently. Yeah. This actually has, like, the feel of an illegal event. Like, these people had to show up and hide their identities because they were going to watch, like, a snuff film or something like that. Like, there's something about this has this air of this is bad. Like, these wrestlers are not doing this of their own free will. All of these like segments to me seemed like a loop on the third episode like that one guy with the with the like balding but with the long hair and the big chair and whatever like this yeah. seems like a Lupin bad guy this if you dropped him into Lupin and the catch at the end of the episode was i made this robot and you trying to steal something and get past this robot's defenses was all a ploy so i could prove my robot's worth exactly like, that would totally work. That would be a quality pink jacket episode. Given, I was going to say, given the sheer number of pink jacket episodes that are out there, I bet you that's an actual episode. In sheer number? There aren't that many of the pink ones, are there? Um, like, red was the yeah, one I guess that I'm, I, I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I'm conflating red and pink. Yeah, pink was the one after red. It's green, red, in, in general, in general, there are just so many Lupin episodes between all the parts. I'm sure that is the plot of a Lupin episode. Oh, sure. I mean, even in the Green Jacket series, there was stuff like this guy does, like, rigged up flamethrowers to his fingers. So I bet that's happened at some point. Yeah. See, the only way for Tiger Mask to win is he's got to make himself stupid. <laughs> yeah, so he can get into the safe. He has to have a zero IQ. Sorry, just let me offhand reference probably one of the best Lupin episodes that oh. I don't know if anybody's seen. Uh, yeah, so we have this whole event going on, Hell in a Hole. A uh, bunch of tag teams are going at each other. Uh, we have Kevin, and I swear to God, I will at some point get this guy's name down, and then Takuma. the episode will be Takuma. Uh, and they're fighting two other guys whose names i also did not commit to memory <laughs> odin and billy the kidman okay that was him all right yeah i remember there being odin uh so this is going on they're fighting each other we we get a whole lot of this of them you know they're both in holds they reverse it they get the other two in holds and At one then point, the... kevin just whips out like a wire and starts trying to strangle oh odin. sure straight up groats this dude yeah, Agent 47 style. Yeah. And then, uh, interrupting this whole fight, a fucking Bayonetta character shows up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Red Death Mask is so good. Yeah, he is. And he's just like, hey, I don't have a tag team partner, so one of you guys just come on down here. The first one that comes on down will be tag team partners. It's going to be awesome. I got this folding table. And I'll give you the folding table. Like, it's on the house. That's just yours. Yeah, he's like, he's holding a folding chair and a table, like, somehow connected together, because he's, like, holding the handle of the chair in some... Like, I don't know how he's doing this, but I like it. Either. Uh, and Odin is the one who takes him up on the offer, but Odin, he's sly. He kind of shoots a glance over to Billy, and is just like, you know, trust me on this. Uh... You know, obviously not actually betraying him. He's he got a plan. This, he does this weird, like, whisper, too, where he's just like, I don't know how that's what? supposed to communicate. Didn't you hear that? 
He does. Yeah, he, no, he, it was. He turns to it and he's just like. It's like, that's a weird way to communicate a whisper. Yeah. But, uh, again, like, I think the dude, like, totally hears everything because he's just like, oh, here's your reward, a folding table, and just lays him the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> also, I don't know if he heard him or not. I think that's probably just the plan, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it was maybe just a joke. <laughs> but. A good joke. Since I'm, like, flying into a damn rock. Uh-huh. Out of the fight. And so then, uh, we get yeah. Billy. At the beginning. At the beginning of this episode, we get, like, a little flashback of stuff that's happened, and one guy just, like, got suplexed, like, head first into a rock and smashed through the rock. Oh, yeah. Now, this is, uh, some backyard wrestling. Like, this is real. They're yeah. really doing this. Uh, but, but yeah, so... lights. Mm, that... You definitely don't want to do that. No, you do not. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so Billy and the other two, they kind of team up. Like, it's an, e it's an uneasy alliance. You know, they, they got a common enemy, they need to take them out. And they a do. dangerous alliance. Yeah, the, the red guy does not fucking last more than a second here. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of amazing to me, because I thought him showing up, it was just like, oh, this guy's a genuine threat, and if he gets somebody on his team, like, his promise of, you know, we'll win this whole thing seem like it was earnest but i guess he's a joke character because he gets destroyed no i think it's more that he couldn't take on three of them at once maybe i don't know look you you have a d weird red dude with lipstick like black dio lipstick showing up and i thought like maybe he'd be more of a credible threat even to three guys at once yeah i mean does get some pretty good cracks in with the table that's true the table by the way shatters Yes, but then um, destroys it. Billy the Kidman like grabs the table and smashes mask like Red Death mask right in the face with it. Oh yeah, and then yeah, uh, um, uh, Takuma and Kevin like give the remaining guy left just a double suplex. Yep, just like anything for helping us out, but you know we need to win. Yep. Uh. So yeah, they give him a mercy suplex. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have a teammate, just take him out quickly, painlessly. Uh, and then some drones drop in like a, a supply for them, and there's a really good bit where uh, Kevin pulls out this like package of powder, and he's just like, is this to blind my opponents, or is it like a protein <laughs> drink? <laughs> I just like this idea of him taking like protein powder and just using it as Fuji dust. Yeah. But there's it never pays off. Never happens. Nope. Well, it wouldn't have worked anyway, given their opponent. No. Sure. I mean, that could have been, like, a neat way for them to find out is he Fuji dusts the robot and then realizes, like, it doesn't work at all. And then True. they find out, like, oh, it's because he's a robot. Oh, did you know, by the way, uh, going back to subject of last week, uh, Sekiro does have Fuji dust in it. Great. Like... Also, by the way, you can use that to cheese most bosses. Because you just, like, throw the dust, and then, like, hit them twice, then throw more dust, and then hit them twice. And you can kill everything the boss that way. Everything you've described about that game makes me glad that I decided to save my $50. Yep. Uh, and as I mentioned to you before we started this, uh, there are glitchless speedruns of the best ending under an hour. 
that kind of gives you a pretty good idea of how little there is in that game. Bloodborne sounds like it would take longer than that, doing the same thing. Pretty sure it does. My like second and third runs through that to get the platinum took about three hours. And I am not I've... like a master speedrunner, but that was still yeah. like going only the critical path. And also, every run of that game got progressively easier. So by the third run, I was just running up to bosses and hitting yeah. them like five times and winning. So I mean, the game doesn't that do, game doesn't scale well at all on New Game Plus. So which is weird because some people say like, oh, it gets way harder. And it's like, no, what? no, 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 no. Yeah, again, like I'm also not very good at. I'm not a speedrunner. I can't play a lot of these games very quickly, but I think my second playthrough of that also just doing the critical path, which by the way only requires that you fight like I think six or seven bosses. Yeah, something like that. There's like 30 bosses in that game. Almost all of them are optional. Yep. Uh Yeah, I think it took me like 5 hours or something like that. Mhm. Uh you know. The, the but DLC, one, one, one of the best games on the PS4 depending on what lunatic you talk to. <laughs> uh, the DLC though I think maybe does scale correctly because I played that on my I guess at that point it would have been fourth plus character or whatever it would be and that was pretty rough uh, I wonder yes, if they I... just patched the game in general or if that DLC is just ridiculously hard to begin with I don't know I did I think that actually was my new game plus 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 is what I went at that thing with, and it was a fairly easy run-through until I got to the DLC. I have not actually beat the final boss of that thing. It is really, really tough. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's just that boss is tough in general or if it's the fact that they do scale it. And being on, like, three pluses at this point, it's just borderline impossible for I me. I think it's probably a combination. Like, I think they probably fixed that. Yeah. Maybe the main game is fixed at this point, too. Like, maybe that was a bug. I don't know. But, um... Apparently that well, boss yeah, I, is just I played really the rest of the general. game when I went to go do the DLC, and I don't think it was difficult at all. Oh, okay. It was so, just the DLC that actually felt difficult. Yeah. Well, um, I beat that final boss. Like I killed it, and then I died. Uh, like we both, it was like samurai style. We got the right. last hit in on each other. Hey, it counted though. So yeah. whatever, I beat the DLC. Yeah. Anyway. There's some bit that, like in the hospital, I think that we've totally glossed over. Yeah, this it's some weird aside about how this guy's like really interested in this girl who he thought like didn't come from money or something, and then turns out actually she does, and she doesn't need to work another day in her life, but she does anyway to like help people out because she's a nurse or something. Yeah, so she'll never be with this guy because her parents want a doctor in the family, and I don't know this. This yeah. doesn't take very long. It's also there, unrelated. I bring it up. I bring it up because there's just this really weird bit in here, like a, a stretch of where they replay, I guess, a clip from a previous previous episode, but with absolutely no dialogue in it. So we have no idea what they're actually saying to each other. But he is like apoplectic at the fact that he bragged about his wealth to her, <laughs> yeah. and just now realized that's a shitty thing to do. But he comes to that realization for the wrong reason, which is. Oh no, she has money, so it didn't impress her when I bragged about how much money I have. Yes. She did not tell what him the fuck? That, that don't impress on me much. <laughs> Maybe don't brag about your wealth to anybody. 
No. That's why I don't brag about oh, how wealthy yeah. I am here. Yeah. My millions. Yeah, you're... Millions of dollars. It's salty about dollars, you can't actually spend that on anything. Wait, what? Yeah, I'd really hate to break that to you. But... I can't spend my 1.5 mil on Lambos? No, I mean... Part of me didn't want to tell you, but you're a friend and all, and I, I can't do that to well, you. Well, this has been a waste of time. Hey, I got two million in salty dollars, and I found out the hard way you can't. I have outstanding debt. I made some problems for myself before I realized that was fun money, and not fun money. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about your legs. Um, I hope they heal soon. They'll, um, they'll never heal, right? Yeah. The like, doctor said I'm going to walk with a limb pretty much for the rest of my life. It's kind of like trying to put together like a vase that fell on the floor. My right knee goes backwards now, so that's just a thing that I got to deal with. Oh, nice. Like a satyr. <laughs> yeah. You're like a little goat man. It's exactly like a satyr. I'm the goat man. <laughs> And you know what? If you get into debt with the wrong people, you'd be a goat man too. As far as the state of New York is concerned, you are the goat man. <laughs> uh, so we get to the uh, finals of the match. Uh, by the way, there's some other weird thing here of like they have a manager who's got really big anime boobs. Yeah. Just wanted to bring that up. Uh huh. Now you're Don't talking. Say anything else about that? Because nothing else comes of it. Don't uh, know if she's like good or bad either. Yeah. Um. But so they they show up. There is a ring outside of the house and a huge hulking man with a key, and the key goes to the door that will take them back to the ring, as they right. put it. This uh, uh, Kevin Nash looking guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, who is a robot, as we had mentioned, the whole plot here is one of the guys setting up the hell in the hole. Uh, basically, he works, uh, he runs like a defense company, and so this is like a proof of concept for his robot that he's going to like sell to the military, and so he's filming the whole thing. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if your military robot can beat up a couple of wrestlers, I guess it's pretty much good enough for war. <laughs> I'm like imagining him like... Yeah, at the Pentagon, like, showing all these five-star generals this video of a guy, like, doing a belly-to-belly -belly suplex on Kevin. And he's just like, yeah, check this out. <laughs> Don't you want to buy a bunch of these? And they're like, mm, yeah, this seems quite good. There's no way the terrorists will be able to suplex a robot. <laughs> just imagine if he gave Osama Bin Laden a DDT off the top rope. <laughs> I'd oh. like to see that. Our robots can execute a diamond cutter with expert accuracy. <laughs> you know, it really is too bad Osama Bin Laden is dead. We can't see him get a DDT anymore. <laughs> no. Well, that's <laughs> it's just out of, the window now. Because of PC culture, you know, you can't show DDTs anymore. <laughs> anyway, they just get completely trounced by this guy. Like, they yep. throw everything they got at him and he's just flicking it off. And then he, he's, like, doing these, uh, like, torso rotations and, like, swinging his arms around. And then they realize, oh, there's something up with this. Robot. Hmm. 
Uh, but then, um, was it Odin or Billy? Uh, Odin, Odin, right? I think, yeah. Whose okay. real name is apparently Henry. Yeah. That, see, that's what threw me off, is I remember them calling him Henry, but I was pretty sure it was Odin or Billy. Um, but yeah, he shows up. Uh, he's got like an e-cig or something like that. Like It looks like an e-cig. Uh, I think it's just like a trick pin. Yeah, it's point is, it's a flamethrower. You know, totally normal to have that in a wrestling match. I'm pretty I, sure that's. I the... would like to note before this part, there was a bit where uh, they knock the robot over, and he like twists his head around, and it makes the golden eye reload noise. <laughs> right, there's a gun cock. Yeah, it's like. Oh, that's great. Um. But yeah, he he jumps into the ring uh, and helps these guys out uh, and manages to actually get the key off of the robot, uh, who then just puts him into to like a squeeze. Mm-hmm. And uh, tag team uh, basically pulls his legs out from underneath him and just sends the robot like flying out of the ring. Yeah. Oh, th- yeah. This uh, is where the golden eye noise is. But yeah. Yeah. And so robot uh, picks up Henry and starts like crushing his leg and then like forcing his hand open to get the key back and this is when henry pulls out the flamethrower uh cooks the robot's head and then we get you know the terminator thing of like half its flesh is gone of course you gotta have that yeah you gotta have like an android yeah you gotta like burn their face at some point show that sweet sweet robot also makes the robot go crazy. Uh, like, they knock it into the building uh, where all the people observing this thing is, you know, <laughs> watching everything through the window. And it messes up its targeting system, so it starts targeting innocent people. Oh, I was so hoping he was going to pull an ED-209 here. And just, like, <laughs> just, just start suplexing jump. everyone. <laughs> just give an RKO to this fancy lad. See... Kevin can handle it because he's a wrestler. Like, his body's been conditioned to take an RKO, but if right. it does it on a normal person, it'll just explode them. Yeah, they'll get a staph infection at least. Ugh. It's worse than getting exploded. They don't know how to protect, how to <laughs> protect their head either. You gotta yeah. know how to take those moves. Well, he does get a good shot in on his creator, who he just, like backhands and crumples his body in the process sure uh i don't know but i'm pretty sure that guy's just dead now probably it didn't they look don't good. follow up he's just yeah he's just laying there um he yeah, no, gets folded in half nobody checks on him either they're just like all right we gotta get out of here yep uh they they get the key uh kevin uh his japanese friend and Henry all escape together. Uh, weird that they would basically take out Henry's partner, but totally cool with teaming up with Henry, like, indefinitely? Eh, I think at this point it doesn't really matter, and they just want to get out. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we get uh, Tiger Mask Dark just approaches this um, robot, just no-sells all of his moves. Uh-huh. And then just, like, suplex, right? He just suplexes him and yep. finishes him. Yep, back suplex. One and done. Yeah. So you know now that he's a credible threat. Oh, yeah. 
because he suplexed robot. If you couldn't tell already from his wearing a business suit with a tiger mask. That's right. That's a power play right there, both yeah. in the ring and out. Also, please, it's not Tiger Mask Dark, it's Tiger the Dark, which oh, is I'm sorry. even better. Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah, um, the gang is on a plane uh, heading to parts unknown, uh, but Henry, he's going back to meet up with his girl, uh, and that's pretty much the episode. What did you think of Tiger Mask W? I like this a lot, but I am going to say take it off the roulette because I am going to watch this from the beginning. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I'm way into this. You're... Look, I think I saw uh, Tanahashi in the opening credits, which means there are real wrestlers in this. Mm. I'm pretty mm. sure it was supposed to be Tanahashi. I don't know. I'm not familiar with a lot of Japanese wrestlers. Well, he's in Yakuza 5, if that helps. Uh, not really, because 3 six. is the last Yakuza game I played. Uh, it was 6, I guess. Uh, well, I'm behind. Yeah, you're way behind. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I just remember Japanese Adam Carolla in that game. I don't remember that. Yep. Yakuza 3 is great. You remember Japanese Adam Crowley dunk got ate by a tiger. No, I don't remember that. Remember how that whole thing starts because, like, he... Oh, God. Kazuma shows up, and there's, like, these two other Yakuza guys, but they're dopes, and he's just like, yo, you're dopes. Your whole operation's run by dopes, but I'll help you out. Oh, yes, and so yes, okay. Buddies. Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. And he just, yeah, and he just looks like a Japanese version of Adam Carolla. Yeah. It's ranting about yeah. how women aren't funny. Uh, yeah, I'm so far behind. Uh, that one girl is still like a kid. Haruka? Yes, instead of like a full-on Japanese idol at this point. Yeah. Um, also, looking at the credits here, I think it is that guy in the hospital that is Tiger Mask. Like, what I was seeing as sideburns was just like a shadow, like a really weird-looking shadow on him in the end credits. Okay. So I think that's real Tiger Mask, and then we've got uh, Takuma, who is Red Tiger, and Kevin's just Kevin. Yeah. Well, uh, I also say take it off the list, although I think mine is mostly that there's not many episodes, and so I think we'll kind of get into a point where maybe we're understanding too much and it goes against the spirit of things. Uh, I'm not going to watch this from the start. I'm not a maniac about wrestling like you are. I have better things to do with my time, like reading <laughs> sure. Elemental Masters. Exactly. Only in the important things. That's right. The, again, we as human beings have a finite amount of time in our lives, and this is how I'm choosing to waste it. Every second that goes by, I am closer to death. Yes. Okay. I choose to read Elemental Masters. Well, let's see what we've got next time. I have replaced... Tiger Mask W with a new substitution. Let's go mm. with 1 to 10, which is now. Oh, I can't wait to watch Gotham next week. <laughs> no. Uh, we, well, we got 9, which is the thing I just substituted in. Perfect. Which... All right, here's the thing. I'm not sure how we should count these episodes. Because oh, there, no. there are two series. One is 62 episodes and one is 50. Okay. 
Uh, it is Yoamushi Pedal, uh, which is about bikes. Um, so would you say we count these all as uh, 112 episodes, or just go like halfway through the first series or second series? Because there's Yoamushi Pedal and then Yoamushi Pedal New Generation. Yeah, that's the tough thing. If we cut it right in half, then we'd still mostly be in like the second series. Exactly. That that was what I was thinking. Because then you just end up. I like... say we do something unprecedented in anime roulette. We count it as one series, but every single episode is on the table. Okay. So just I go. think the only the only way we veto an episode at this point is if it's like in the first ten. Okay, like the first ten of either series. Of either series, yes. Okay, so I'm going to enter one through one twelve. Yeah, well, I'll do. I can do ten through one twelve then. Yes, or eleven. Look, you didn't tell me math was going to be involved in this. Well, you said we would veto it if it was within the first ten. This way, it makes sure it's not in the first ten. Yeah, putting the numbers on me. Man. Well, we got 24 Sutherland. So that's episode 24 of Yoamushi Pedal. Okay. So well, really, it didn't matter because we just got the 24th episode of the first season anyway. I hate bicycling, so I really can't wait until next week. Great. Yeah, I don't know. Look. You never know how the roulette's gonna land. This one, uh, just so you know, was suggested by our good friend Authoritimi, a uh, mm. loyal listener to the show. Good pal. I don't know good, I would want to do guy. that, but I appreciate it. Look, I doubt this is gonna be a disaster like Legend of the Galactic Heroes, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Well... I don't know. I, I hate bicyclists, man. There's a lot of bicyclists in this town that just like to ride their bikes right down the middle of the street, and it drives me insane. Yeah. I hate them, too. Outlaw yeah. bikes. Make them illegal. Yeah. Yes. It's what I've been saying. We'll see you next time. Anyway, what's the, what's the name of this show? What, what are we doing? Yoamushi Pedal. Oh, sh- no, the podcast. The what's the name of the podcast? Huh? Hold on, I'm looking You do the thing where you yell the podcast name and then the podcast is done. See, episodes. Oh no, Larry. Oh, you can stop this. Trembling Izumita. Hmm. So, okay, that's it. See you next time. On? Bye. No, you. You end every episode the same way. This is the one time that you're going to do it like this. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well. Bye, I guess. Bye. Stand and deliver! Ah! (laughs) Gotcha. Keep my weapon hand low with my head